All right. Hi, and welcome to you from Many People's Strength, the podcast where we cover Saskatchewan uh, current events and politics. My name is Corey, and my pronouns are he and him. Uh, my name is Sarah, and my pronouns are she and her. Ah, all right. Well, I guess uh, we're short a person this week. <laughs> no David, but we will we'll, we'll try to make do, I yeah, guess. Well, we can handle it. I have, I have faith in us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been. It looks like it's been a slow couple weeks. Like I haven't really had that much uh, showing up on my feed, and then I I tried to go back through the news items, and uh, I didn't see much that was, you know, up our alley. Yeah, <laughs> like there's there's news that happens. Like somebody found their lost cat. <laughs> that was great. Made the news in Saskatoon, <laughs> but it's not politics, so uh, not quite the this for this show yeah exactly uh, and i've been just kind of out of it so there could have <laughs> been all kinds of things going on and i would not have known so uh, sometimes it's uh life gets pretty busy uh, uh when we last talked there was a a uh a lockdown at uh fw johnson high school in regina and uh there was uh they said there was a gun and it was a 13 year old girl who was charged following the Regina High School lockdown, according to the police. And, uh, yeah, she's facing numerous weapons charges. And uh, it's, I guess that's it. It was an airsoft gun, so it, it wasn't necessarily as dangerous as, as a real gun, but still not great. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what I was confused about. I, I heard it was just an airsoft gun, but then it's like, is charged with two counts of assault with a weapon, possession of a weapon, and use of a firearm during commission of it. So was this right. other stuff that she did on her way before or after going to yeah, Johnson? Geez, or, eh? like I, I, it seems wild to get those kind of charges. Assault a, with a weapon. With I like, mean, you could bash someone over the head with an airsoft gun. So Right. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. um, like use of a firearm, I, I don't know that. You, During the commission of an indictable offense. And concealed and, weapon. I don't know if that counts for an airsoft just seems, gun. Or like, because I, I get that, like, you know, that <laughs> the fear is still the same right until people find out it's an airsoft gun it's still if you're brandishing what looks like any sort of gun that's a big yeah. deal but for actual like charges being made after the fact um i feel like yeah. there's got to be more going on here than just what happened at johnson yeah, it, right it seems like we don't have enough information to justify all these charges yeah <laughs> and being well, unless they're really like Unless they're really like mounting the uh, the charges on so that something maybe not all of them will stay. Yeah, and yeah, that's possible. I, I'm not a big fan of police. Like I, th I think they tend to do more of this extra charges when they don't have to. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So either and, and because it is a youth, we're not likely to find out much more. No, that's uh, right. So yeah. this might be the end of this whole story but yeah I, like, I would like to find out more you know it's it's one of those things i bet all the students at her school know who she is <laughs> yeah <laughs> so then like that would affect the way that she has to deal with school but yeah. uh but yeah like uh, it won't go in the in the record or, or in the uh public record yeah. which is good exactly i don't know if there's actually like any kind of like like policy ideas or like changes to the way that we run things to do with this. I think, I mean, maybe we could, 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Seems like maybe too many charges about is about the only criticism I can have about that. Yeah, well, and again, is it too many charges? Because we don't right. know what happened, right? Yeah, is exactly. If it's all right into the Johnson thing, that's it seems a bit much, right? But yeah, if it seems was almost excessive, you know, you held up a convenience store on your way to the high school, <laughs> then okay, right. you know, maybe, yeah. maybe I get it, right? But we'll see if we hear anything more about it or not. But I kind of, kind of doubt we're going to get much yeah, out of probably it. Probably not. Yeah. But I, I mean, I hope that she's okay and like, like all that, that stuff. Yeah. I mean, we could probably have a, a whole episode or five on, you know, how just putting people in jail and charging them doesn't solve any <laughs> yep. crime problems, yep. right? But it seems to be a, a recurring issue in Saskatchewan, actually. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah and that kind of leads into one of the other ones. Yeah. This one I was kind of confused by. So this woman was charged for, like, killing she, two people in a car accident. Then when she got out, right, she supposedly murdered Megan Gallagher? Yes. As, okay. as I understand, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Cheyenne Petit- Petitas. Yeah, she's charged with first-degree murder and the death of Megan Gallagher, which implies to me that this is, like, uh, considered a, f- a real, like, uh, like a murder, but also uh, I'm not entirely sure. Is is this related to uh, dangerous driving in some way? Yeah, I don't know because it's it said at some point that it wasn't just her charged in this murder. There was like five five people charged or something. So right, you know that you would think it's not a vehicular. And it's murder, not vehicular manslaughter, right? So, but I don't know the story of the Megan Gallagher disappearance and all. I think that was in the news, but okay, again, yeah. I did not, I did not see it. But um, you know, most of the article is criticizing um, what's it called? Were they suspended sentences or um, right, statutory yeah. release? Sorry, that's the yeah. statutory release. Um, kind of thing and it's like I get that her path and Megan Gallagher's path would not have crossed if she was still in jail but her being in jail longer wouldn't stop I mean, somebody yeah prevent, you know if you are a person that's going to commit murder for whatever reason you being in jail longer isn't stopping that because jail is right. rehabilitating you yeah. to, you know, deal with the underlying causes of your violent <laughs> yeah. nature or, you know, yeah, whatever Yeah, because that's not what be, jail right? does, right? No. <laughs> if anything, it makes you better at it. Yeah, you know? that's so right. So yeah. this specific case, yeah, Megan Gallagher might still be alive, and that's, you know, the tragedy here. Um, yeah. Yeah, which, but I mean, maybe it's a, it's a matter of timing, but like you say, like there could have still been another victim or like, I don't know that I have enough details yeah. to, to say that, you know, that the statutory release is the issue at hand, right? Exactly. Yeah. You're just, it, it wouldn't have been you, but it might've been someone else. And I think this um, comes into play with the, um, 
the spree because that I read a mm. I read a long article um, that the brother that you know, was in, actually committing right. all the murders he was out because he was on a statutory release as well, yeah. right? And so a lot of people yeah. again are saying, you know, if he had stayed in jail, this wouldn't have happened. And yeah. it's like maybe that's the case, but I tend to believe that it just wouldn't have happened now. It, yeah. You yeah. know, what what would have stopped him from doing it five years later when he got out, if he served his whole sentence, right? Like that's that's the part I don't I think people just think if people are locked up, then they're fine. They're they're away from society right. and can't hurt anybody, which is true, right? They're out of Yeah, while they're society. locked up, right? Yeah, but you you can't lock everybody up forever. No. Uh, exactly. So if you're going to let them out ever, maybe let <laughs> You know, maybe let's do something to make it so that when they get out, whether it's uh, as a statutory release early after two thirds or whether it's you serve your full time, make it so that you're healed in some way. You've got the help you need, you know, all of that kind of thing. Make jail not be the shit show that it is that just makes things worse in a lot of ways. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, I was reading like uh, this section here on uh, I think it's a CBC article this this one, and uh, <clears throat> there's a discussion from Alex and Mary Lou Hawhey, uh, parents of J.P. Hawhey, also said they want changes to the justice system, and Alex said he would like to see statutory release abolished. He said he's been talking to people who had been caring for Petitus at her bail hearing, and she was told. And was told she was not ready to be released, which, I mean, then those people, uh, I would assume, would have a statement at the bail hearing, right? Yeah. Like, uh, if they're caring for her, like, then they would have some in- insight into her behavior. Like, it is, I mean, I don't know if statutory release is the problem or if there's like, if, you know, it just seems like that's jumping on this thing where we have we have to release people so that's a bad thing i i, I like seeing people out of prison myself <laughs> as often as possible and we have like a-, a handful of cases like or two cases now where people have uh done something wrong after they've been uh released and maybe yeah. there's more but we can't make laws and change laws based on two cases right yeah well if if you're going to like i think recidivism is just typically high in any society that has, you know, prison system like we do, or like the States, I think is probably even worse. Uh, Like if you're not, if you, if you just lock them up and do the bare minimum, feed them and that's it. How are you expecting anything to be any different? Yes. Some people will be like, this sucks. I don't ever want to be here again. So I'm not going to do stuff, but lots of people that are committing a variety of crimes because they are under the influence of drug and alcohol addiction, uh, you know, have severe amounts of trauma and PTSD and other, you know, issues that had they got help and support and, you know, just support to work through a lot of those things. It's very likely they maybe wouldn't have committed crimes in the first place, or at least if they, had and then gotten that help they their recidivism rate wouldn't be so high but as right. it stands now it's like you're a bad person go stand in the corner 
right. for, for a few years. Yeah. Okay. You get out. You're, you're still a bad person, <laughs> but you know, we locked you up for a few years. So that's all we can do with you. Oh, shucks. You did it again. Who would have thunk it? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Anything, so I don't know why like you... You're not actually helping anybody by doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah, the statutory release thing is maybe an issue, but probably the bigger issue is just the prison system in general. And if you're at a bail hearing and people don't think someone is ready, then why are you releasing them? Why aren't you advocating for some other type of care or right. something, yeah. right? It's just yeah. locked up or not locked up if that's your only two <laughs> options. Yeah. Then, right. yeah, you know, so I'm, not knowing enough about what this actual murder charge is. And I, I don't want it to sound like we're making light of right. someone yeah. died here. Obviously, um, I, fe- I feel for the family the, of the victim. Like this is – it's awful to have yeah. somebody that you care about deal with this stuff or d- disappear and then you don't know what happened. I don't know if they yeah. actually found the body. Um, it sounds like six people were charged mm-hmm. in this. Yeah. Like – but so only two of them for murder. Yeah. So it's hard to say exactly what happened but I'm – Yeah. I'm not clear on the details and I, I feel terrible for uh, Megan Gallagher's family. And, uh, but I don't think that uh, eliminating statutory release is necessarily the correct move unless you're going to replace it with something truly rehabilitative yeah. or, or like, I mean, I, I prefer no prisons, but kind of a restorative way of doing justice. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> so. we're getting there anytime soon. Not, <laughs> yeah. not here anyways. No, that's right. And I'm sure there's people that would prefer we bring back the death penalty of all things. Yes, so, that's right. Like even know, in this article, there's, there's talk of like, uh, uh, maybe this is justice if we can, they can lock her up for good, but I'm not convinced that that is justice, right? Yeah. Like justice would have been like a whole different thing. <laughs> If we were like actually looking for justice. Yeah. Uh, but I, that's, that's people's default yeah. idea of just, cause that's all we know. Right. Yeah. That's what we're raised on. That's somebody does something bad. They go away. So they're not, you know, and right. that feels like justice to you. And like, I see that if you're the victim of a violent crime, I don't right. want that person on the street where they can victimize yeah. me again or victimize sure. somebody else. hundred percent. I understand, especially, you know, as a woman knowing all the rapists that are out there because it's just, impossible to lock up rapists uh you know that to me it is justice to have them not be able to victimize people again right um but there's more to it than that just locked away out like out of sight out of mind doesn't fix the problem right if you're just like painting over the mold on your wall (laughs) there's still mold yeah it's like it looks so much better i feel so much better that's great but you're not fixing the problem. You're just, you're making yourself feel better. And that's kind of, because I think that's our only type of justice that we can get, that that's all we aspire to. Right. That's to me, to me, that's justice because I know that I don't know that. That's what the system does. So that's, yeah. 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 So. (sighs) Makes me think actually of a, a discussion I had on Twitter with somebody today about how, uh, like, uh, we should, they said we shouldn't criticize, uh, the system or billionaires or colonization or what have you, unless we're doing, we're building what, whatever else to change it. 
And I said, well, yeah, I mean, we should be doing that, but also we can still criticize the things that are wrong. <laughs> well, and not all of us have the ability to build yeah, that's right. to fix yeah. it, right? Like, yeah. yeah, like the system likes to stay the way it is without, it's resistant to change, right? Yeah. So we got a huge need for housing. Advocates call for winter shelter plan for Regina's houseless population. And it's been almost a year since the events surrounding Camp Hope brought the struggles of Regina's houseless population to the forefront. And uh, and the city did respond fairly well at that time uh, to like they did manage to get a uh, new kind of housing situation set up. Oh, did they? I never heard how that was resolved. I just well, stopped hearing yeah. about Camp Hope's. <laughs> yeah, because they actually put them into a, a they found a vacant building and they got them all moved into the vacant building. And it was at least a place where they could be right where yeah. there was like heat and and yeah. water and, and just stuff away like that. from the elements yeah yeah uh and uh so we're a year later and that was so temporary that uh all those people obviously are are still down on the out on the out on the street again and we have uh one year after camp hope regina's homeless prepare for another cold winter after a rapid housing project is delayed so the residents are encouraged to donate to uh the homeless on giving day, October 8th in Pepsi park. And this kind of talks about how, uh, the history of camp hope, like how it got started last year after the death of a woman named Marjorie. Um, the one thing that I noticed though, that kind of got my goat a little bit was, uh, the quote, where was it from Sandra masters? Uh, the city of Regina has told rally against homelessness that if another tent city like Camp Hope pops up this winter, the city will tear it down. The reality is there reaches a breaking point where there's too many tents and it flips into something different, said San Mayor Sandra Masters. And this, that really pissed me off. <laughs> I, think she, I think she's getting some flack for that too. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like what? Yeah. Mayor? What, what, yeah. Could you, what do you mean by that? Could you elaborate? Yeah. Do you want to just it's say it out loud? like come on <laughs> well it's like and we'll just tear it down it's like again because that totally solves the problem right yeah magically no one's homeless now because we right just tore down we tore down city. this is this is right? a common refrain for cities around the world is if we destroy the tent city the homelessness problem is gone yeah and i mean if enough of them die i guess you're right but Good for right. you for just murdering people. Like, I don't right. understand what your end goal is here. Yeah, that's right. You know? uh, yeah, and uh, uh, the city of Regina does have a uh, – a, they're supposed to have a plan now because it was it was at the time of Camp Hope. It was pushed forward in, in the city that this would be now – eliminating homelessness would be part of the budget. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's become – it's become a thing, a discussion within city council now. So at least I guess there's an idea that there should be a plan. Yeah. Whether, whether it happens, it's hard to say. And while, yeah, I don't, I don't follow too much city council stuff, but the bit I do, I don't have a lot of <laughs> hope for <laughs> right. things going. And like, being, not that I do any sort of, politics but like i'm on the board of our daycare and i see how difficult it is to like just make things happen when you have a group of people all trying like it's just it is difficult right and we know you know masters has these sentiments and what's her face 
is kind of a jerkwad too. So it's yeah. like mm. counselor Tarina Shaw. Yes, <laughs> I, I I refuse to learn their names. At this <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I always seem to know the names of the bad ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like what's her face and who's it's. Yeah, you know. no, that's fair. Um, so, you know, it, it's one thing if it's like, okay, we've got a great, great city council. And yes, I know it's difficult to like make stuff actually happen and consider all the things that need to be considered and put a plan together and make it happen. Like, I totally get that. I do a lot of projects with my work too that involves a lot of collaborate. Like, it is difficult. Anything that's complex is difficult. So I, I understand how we can't just solve this problem. Right. Um, but it's like knowing that there's a few people on council that don't, I think, see these people as people uh, right. gives me less faith that it, it's going to turn out yeah. well. It seems even you know? less likely. I know, uh, and I, it might come up in one of our later articles, but I know that uh, apparently there was a, a couple councillors who were, they saw the 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 line item because the estimated cost of eliminating homelessness in Regina is, I think, $15 million. It's pretty cheap. Which seems pretty cheap to me. <laughs> but yeah. there were a couple of counselors who were concerned about that cost. So so it's def- it's definitely like there's people who are like, okay, well, there's suffering and there's money <laughs> and never the two shall meet. <laughs> yeah. Well, or it's like it's going to cost, you know, that exact amount to repave a road. Well, we, but we have to repave the road. Right. But it's right. like, okay, now <laughs> – do you hear what you're saying? We have to repave the road, but we don't have to make sure people don't live outdoors in yeah, Regina's exactly. climate and die. Okay. How bad is Got the it. road? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know, uh, like, uh, there is a project actually on Arcola Avenue uh, that is going to be $76 million. Wild. That is outrageous. <laughs> so- I feel like if I was homeless, I would just start building a camp. On the in road. in the construction site, yeah. you know, just like what which costs more, <laughs> or <laughs> you know, have everyone at city council, you know, drive down a bumpy road and be like, yeah, this is bad. We need to fix this road. Okay, now have them sleep outside for a yeah, while. <laughs> just just one night, one drive, <laughs> one drive, and one night, and yeah. compare the two, and then do cost benefit analysis because yeah, it's not right. even like fifteen million and fifteen million. Right. No, that's like right. Seventy six and fifteen. So it's yeah. like, okay, so could we, you know, maybe just because <laughs> I think the issue is is that people just they don't feel like people deserve housing, right? right. Like everybody right. else has to pay their rent and buy a house and work for their mortgage and stuff. So they're just they just cannot wrap their heads around giving yeah. people a place to live. That's right. what just irks people like they'll Which, give yeah. you know food to the food bank but, a uh, place but to a, live? A pl- that's too far right yeah, like that's that's, that's it just can't can't do it <laughs> right so it's yeah. not that we're comparing a road to you know homelessness we're comparing something that i want versus something that i feel like you don't deserve right, right? Yeah, and absolutely. that's that's the real issue here so yeah i was actually just saying to pam uh right before the show like i i know we pay like 1600 dollars a month in rent and i still don't care 
if somebody gets a house for free. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't care. <laughs> yeah. No. Same. Like I, we are privileged enough to, you know, own a house. I mean, we have a mortgage, obviously. Right. Um, yeah. Don't care. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sidebar. But like we want to rip out the grass in our front yard and just build raised garden beds. Um, and my mom was actually like, well, like people from our neighborhood are just going to, you know, steal stuff. I'm like, they're going to steal vegetables. Oh my God. <laughs> Fine. I don't care. I hope they enjoy them. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're hungry and you want a fucking cucumber or some tomatoes, have at it, man. Like yeah, we generally, right. pre- like, and that's part of like why I want to do it is because I like, I had a bit of extra produce this year and was like giving it to the community fridge. And like the second right. I drop it off, people were taking it and it just like, you know, I don't feel like there's much I can do, but um, anything extra is just going to go in like baskets at the front end of my driveway and be like, take it. You know, we live, we live next to a lot of um, apartment complexes. There's a lot of, you know, newly immigrated folks uh, and and stuff like that. I'm sure lots of that is, you know, subsidized housing and and things like that. You want some of my vegetables, like go for it. Like I really, that's not stealing. That's, nope, that's you know, right. To me, um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just like some those, you know, if you ever see somebody stealing something from the grocery store, you don't say anything. No, that's it's right. Like if you're you're stealing food, and from especially if you're at like a chain store where like superstore, like, like Galen West, or, made, yeah, yeah, like fuck it, you know. Yeah, like, no, no. I think I think Loblaws can afford to lose a little bit of yeah. uh, my. Somebody, my neighbor who needs to eat. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So that that's the thing. I don't think there's enough people that feel that way, right? right. And, and I, I can empathize with that because when I did have a harder life before I, you know, when I was still in school and was broke and trying to make it on my own and and things like that, and given like how I was raised, right? I didn't mention this before that um, family was a little more on the conservative side. Um, the nice caring conservatives though, not the like complete jackwads. <laughs> They're like convoy conservatives, right? There's there's a gradient, like right, like anything. Yeah, yeah, it's a spectrum. But it, yeah, but it was you work hard and that's what you get ahead. So those who aren't ahead must not be working hard, right? right, right. It's and we learn nothing about all of the things that can make life more difficult that are outside yeah. of your control. Because we didn't have that. We were, you know, middle class. Not like right. we were rich or anything, but any struggle we had was just because we needed to work harder. And work for a us, little harder, yeah. yeah, for us, it worked. But, Tighten that belt a little high, tighter, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, but I can easily walk into a restaurant and get a job because mm. I'm white and I'm well-spoken and I, you know, right. <clears throat> all all yeah. of those things. And I have a vehicle to get me there, et cetera, et cetera. So, well, I, I empathize with the because yeah. I, I felt that way too. I lived in the hood for a bit, and it was like, oh, why can't all of these people just be better at life? Right? Like you just you don't, <laughs> you don't understand that right. there's other things at play, right? Yeah. Uh, and right. so it's like I never wanted to give anybody anything. I was struggling already for what I had. I, you know, I had zero generosity because it was I work hard for this. It's mine. Um, so if I see somebody else getting something, it's just like, you know, your little brother is playing with a right. toy that you want to play with, right? You're not understanding that it's not a pie that there's only so many pieces. 
And if somebody else is getting peace, that means you're not getting something, right? right? So it's, I can empathize with that mentality and I don't know how to change it because for me, it happened kind of so gradually. Like I I honestly don't know what flipped the switch for me. So I can't, uh, other than my life got a little better and I got a lot more exposure to other people. Whereas I grew up with people that were the exact same socioeconomic status as me and the same color and the same, like they were all like German, Ukrainian, even like I didn't even have any sort of, you know, background difference in, in amongst the the whiteness. It was just all German, Ukrainian, (laughs) white, like they they didn't have any like Irish folks, like nothing. Yeah. Yeah, All the same. Yeah. Um, I wasn't good at making friends, so that didn't help, right? The like five people I hung out with and their families were all kind of the same. So it until I went to university and got out of that and saw more people and got to know more people and just learning more, that's the only thing that made it change for me. But Yeah, I think I think that is that does tend to be the way like it's it's the education, it's the the exposure to other ideas and other people of different backgrounds and whatnot yeah. that really does that for a lot of people. Yeah. So the Sask NDP uh, cancels the plan to invite Jagmeet Singh to a convention and asked for a video instead. Uh, the New Democrats had uh, had what some described as a heated debate over whether the federal party is hurting the provincial party's electoral success. And I just, I'm not sure what this debate actually is over. Like, it seems like very strange to me that uh, they would be concerned about inviting Jagmeet Singh to uh, to come in and speak at the provincial uh, conference. Oh, no, it kind of made sense to me. I don't know. I'm not affiliated with anything, really wasn't involved in any of these conversations, obviously. But knowing, again, my family has a lot of more nice conservative, but they will never, ever vote NDP just because of mm. the word NDP, right? Right, yeah. Um, and again, this is Saskatchewan. Let's be honest. Everyone's a little racist here. So mm-hmm. inviting somebody with the last name Singh who doesn't look like your average farmer from the prairie uh, probably doesn't help either. So I don't know if the NDP is trying to court more of the central, you know, center-leaning that, folks. That and has kind like, of been let's not. tactic for a while, but... Yeah, yeah. so I feel like it's, it's probably just that. Um, a lot of people here hate federal politics, like every yeah. party federally, right? Because um, they never work for us and we're in the prairies and right. we're not represented and blah, blah, blah. Um, so having any sort of federal linkage there is probably just a bad, is just toxic, right? (laughs) And then again, when you add on the other layers of it, like I'm legitimately shocked that the NDP has a female leader. um, Right. Just because again, a lot of misogynists here too. Um, Good luck ever winning if you're a woman. Um, The the province as a whole, right? Uh, And honestly, if like, Ryan Miley as a docker couldn't do it during a pan a global pandemic. <laughs> Although NDP's never getting in power. Yeah. Right? It's just it, it even seems people like far-fetched. Yeah, I, I like I know some of my family who are like they're socialist at heart when they talk about things. But oh I'm the NDP. I could never 
they they do this, this, and this. I'm like, okay, but like your values <laughs> align much more strong with that. Yeah. Well, I don't like the conservatives either, but you know, at least they're not going to spend all our money. And- yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. They're hundred percent spending all your money. But it's just that mentality from yeah. like I don't know if it's like the eighties or the sixties, whenever it was, it's implanted and it's done. Like, yeah, it, there's never so you could take the exact same people from the NDP and just call it something different, and you'd have a little bit better of a chance, probably, right? Yeah. And yeah. the only other, what was the other guy um, that ran? ran as a liberal that's oh Oh, yeah yeah i can't remember like you can't call yourself a saskatchewan liberal because everyone here gets liberals too like you'll never win you'll never win yeah call it anything else there's a reason you're the only guy yeah yeah um and you got like just this much more than fuckface right yeah that's again refuse to learn the names uh Uh, but buffalo springs party or Buffalo bison, whatever, the, whatever the, the dude we flew to Ontario when he got COVID, who is right. still a COVID denier. That yeah, guy, that guy, fuck face. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, you know, so it's like that's how much people in Saskatchewan. <laughs> His name just, is Mark Friesen. <laughs> you say so, man. <laughs> for the listener, for the listener. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. So they know. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah refuses to learn assholes' names. No, that's fair though. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's like it, you call yourself NDP or liberal and you try to run in Saskatchewan. Good luck to you, pals. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. You're, you're, you're dead in the water, right? Even if you have a great platform and you're a great person and you're door knocking and you're everything, you'll get a bit, right? Sure. But if you're wanting to like get that rural vote or just a sweep of Saskatchewan. There needs to be, yeah, like a not real a, change a in the... Yeah, like our yeah. whole province needs a, a shift, right? It's where we're not there yet. Yeah, just put a bunch of like political party names in a hat that have nothing. <laughs> yeah. well, no, but like seriously, that don't have any association with left, right, center, blah, 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 blah. Just, you know, random names that people yeah. can't. Or those the are those the lefties? I don't like those. I'm not voting for those. Yeah, it's whatever, right. right? So that people are forced to actually look into what they stand for and then vote with how they're their values align because uh, again i have a lot of family that it's like if you actually were paying attention and you're but you're just what like painting everything with a brush of oh they're you know they're socialist i that i can't yeah you're, you're ndp i can't stomach that ever i'm never voting for it so put a bunch of different party names in a hat each party gets to draw one <laughs> everybody's you know new names new everything and now you have to actually like learn the platforms and what each party stands for without i mean you'll be able to tell right away which one is the like right the far right and the far left or whatever at least people have to you know have to read its first largest quarterly population growth on record according to stats can so saskatchewan experienced its largest quarterly population growth of 6465 people uh so that's roughly the size of Meadow Lake, uh, added being added in just three months. This is bringing our in July as of July first, twenty twenty two. There were an estimated one million one hundred and ninety four thousand eight hundred and three people who live here. So, yeah, that's news. 
Well, I saw this on Twitter and I just kept on seeing a bunch of comments being like, yeah, that doesn't count X or this doesn't count Y. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah, like it doesn't count like people that move to a different part. Like I, I don't remember the details, but mm. it was kind of, you know, Mo put it out there as one thing. And people right. were like, mm, yeah, but not really. Like how he's like, oh, manufacturing is up 4%. And it's like, yeah, compared to like nothing or you know it's like yeah, it should be six percent right. this is the lowest but he, you, you know he just how he spins things i feel like this was another one that was that yep. was spun but i didn't have time to get the the lowdown on how that actually worked but yeah that makes sense yeah. though i mean there are other factors at play that we don't always see right well and we brought in a lot of um ukrainian folks too mm. it's like are they just counting those because right you know they live here now but <laughs> Are they going to yeah. actually stay here? We don't know, right? Yeah, we don't even know what's going to happen. Yeah, but yeah, it's cute that this is news that our yes. entire province has like, you know, the population of some medium large cities. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's right. It, it's, it's cute. It's cute. Good, good for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Catalysts versus libraries. This is written by friend of the show, Paul Deshane, uh, <laughs> Prairie Dog contributor. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, so he kind of goes through, this is, I'm sorry to our Saskatoon friends. This is a very Regina heavy episode uh, because Paul writes about the city council stuff. So we were talking about uh, the estimated bill for homelessness, solving homelessness in the city. Uh, the Regina Public Library wants to uh, tear down the city center library and build a new one. That's that's their hope. <laughs> I wonder okay. how much that's going to cost. Yeah. But, <clears throat> well, and like, what, what's why do we just tear things? Like, do they know that like other countries and even other cities like have just ancient ass buildings that you know is this thing called renovating and stuff? But we're just like, we refuse to age and we just like being young. We we're must just like, tear it down and build a new Tear it down, one. build it new. Just yeah. waste all it. Like I can't, can't imagine. All, I, I'm sure there's reasons for it, right? Maybe it is just decrepit and like absolutely falling apart. But again, sure. that speaks to a lack of maintenance over the years rather than a need to tear something down. But I digress. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, some places... Like you say, like they take care of their old buildings, right? So then as time goes on, when different things go wrong, they get them fixed or they, you know, prop them up so they don't have to, uh, they don't have to tear them down yeah. every time they want something new. Yeah. Uh, so there's also like the housing, this is where I learned about the housing budget is from this article where uh, the 15 million per year or 15 million a year of uh, to, yeah. For, to solve homelessness. Uh, the mill rate or uh, is already going to be going up by four and a half, four percent, four point zero five percent. So there's our costs are already going up. So it seems like we could probably put some of this money into that. Not when we have to do Arcola Avenue expansion for 76 million. That's right. The Arcola Avenue expansion, 76 million. And the Regina Police Service budget, $92,796,700. And expected again to go up. Um, I feel like we could take some of that 
<laughs> and solve homelessness. Yeah. <laughs> I don't but know. Then, but <laughs> so just all of the people that from the police that would be cracking down on the homeless people, just right. you know, lay them off. Yeah, that's right. Take their salaries. And probably what will they do? Just oh, <laughs> find a real job instead of being a brutal cop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun times yes and yes um, the uh yeah. parking thing is yes i don't know so is this a thing in saskatoon or do they have and i haven't been in a while do they actually have a nice downtown or is their downtown just like a bunch of sure, open actually. surface lots yeah no um, that's all we have though. i should <laughs> yeah i'll uh i'll uh make a point of like going on a road trip we'll yeah. call it you know a research a <laughs> yeah, we'll call it research. Um, and we'll just be like, is this just a strictly Regina thing where we're just like, well, I need more parking downtown. Yeah. And then right. like everybody leaves at 5 p.m. And then it's, it's <laughs> and, then the whole, you know. and then the whole downtown is empty. And then everyone's like, we need a more vibrant downtown. What we need is more parking lots. Why won't these downtown restaurants and bars survive? Well, yeah. Because nobody's there. Because nobody lives here and people only work there and they're only like forced to work there. Yeah. And then another one you could probably do, you know. Yeah. Like five hours straight on. Saskatchewan minimum wage raises to $13 an hour, but it's still the lowest in Canada. Uh, And it will in two years be uh, $15, which we know that's not enough. Yeah. Like. At this point, it's just a joke to even, like, pretend that this is going to be sufficient for people. Um, we've got uh, Darren Mills, who is a minimum wage worker in Saskatoon, noting his uh, notes that his gas and food expenses are increasing. And it's going to take a while to catch up to the cost of living. <sighs> yeah, and Andrew Stevens... He said uh, that he put a paper together in 2017 saying that the the... Minimum wage needed to be fifteen dollars an hour in twenty seventeen, and right now uh, there's uh, somebody in this article said that the minimum wage needs to be more like sixteen dollars and eighty some cents to ma- to make it a livable wage. Yeah, for so this is an interest because it also had you know a small business owner. Who's saying you know my utility and rent is going up? Right. The cost of like brings my you know supplies in is going up and stuff like that so that's my question is that like is minimum wage and it says you know it's not a silver bullet but is minimum wage even like useful to (laughs) no but like seriously because if it's just if i'm a minimum wage worker you raise my wage but then the cost of everything else goes up it's a wash right why not just if you're making minimum wage the government gives you money to bump you up to a living wage. And yep. then you don't have small business owners having to worry about their costs and increasing prices, which also affect the people who are making minimum wage who have to buy those things. That is, um, you yeah, know, that's definitely another way get, to go. Can yeah. we get a wealth tax? Like legitimately. Yeah, well, no, we can't actually. <laughs> <laughs> but like groceries are expensive. And yeah. again, I'm privileged enough that it's not a huge concern of mine. But it really ticks me off that the people that own Loblaws are raking it in yeah. 
and raising prices under the guise of, oh, well, you know, if everything's more expensive. No, mm-hmm. it's more expensive because you're making it more expensive. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe like- if we incentivize you to not do that, you'll be such a D-bag about it. And then people can afford to eat. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever tools we have to use, uh, people should be allowed to eat. They should be have enough to eat. What a novel <laughs> yeah. concept! Hey? <laughs> like I don't, I don't know, I know all the details of how it would work, but yeah. We get so there that's somehow. why I just I feel like this minimum chasing the minimum wage. Like, yeah, it needs to increase and everything, but it's like, does it actually help? Because if everything around you is just going up in price anyways, like, yeah, I might get a 2% increase on my salary this year, but if inflation is seven, I'm actually not getting a raise. Right. So, yeah, that's right. You know, I would rather things just not cost as much than even then worry about yep. my wage increase. You know, I don't know. Yep. I'm not an economist, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Uh... I mean, it's complicated, but yeah. also like the whole inflation uh, thing is partly because of profits. Like I know that it's not straightforward, right? No. It's not a one-to-one ratio, but increase when, how can they be having record profits every year and every quarter and still, but somehow still be complaining about the rising yeah. cost of doing business? Like Exactly. Yeah. It's like if you are still making money hand over fist you're kind of the problem, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. So again, could talk hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is one section here from, uh, uh, who is it? From Brianna Solberg of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, uh, who talks about small businesses are already increasing their wages above the minimum to attract labor, but shortages still exist. And uh, I think we... I think a lot of people have kind of talked about the nobody wants to work kind of narrative yeah. uh, where, well, if you, if you want people to work, then you have to pay them. And we're just in a position where people are no longer able to work for the minimum wage anymore. So they yeah. will not take those jobs. Yeah. yeah. And it's not because of CERB, which nope. everyone <laughs> keeps going, well, because of CERB, we can't get it. And it's like, I don't. Nope, that's not why. It's not a thing anymore. (laughs) People are just realizing like, because, you know, I have um, somebody close to me that uh, is in a situation where they had to take a minimum wage job, Um, you know, were retired, but that's, you know, not feasible anymore um, with their investments and stuff tanking because of COVID and, and all of that. So, you know, as a buffer trying to get, a job and when you've been out of the labor market for years trying to get back in you get a minimum wage job um and it sucked and eventually it was like okay well i'm putting like this wear and tear on my body and i'm already too old i want to you know i want to still be there for my family i don't want all my days burnt up working minimum wage job and being abused and you know like all of that so it's like my quality of life is better if I just, you know, <laughs> I don't care. I will, I'd rather, you know, starve a few meals than deal with this just to make ends right. meet a little bit better. Yeah. Right. Like it, so if, yeah, becomes, if you're already suffering and like you can't pay your bills and stuff, like <laughs> then what difference does it make if you're 
making a few dollars more to not also to still not pay your bills. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like, and, and they're not, you know, they're not thankfully that bad off, but you know, why they got a job was fear of being right. that bad off. Right. And then it became, it's like, you know what? You only live once. This isn't worth it. Yeah. And I think that's happening to a lot of people. Like exactly like you said, it's like, well, if I already can't pay my bills, what's me not paying my bills a little bit more, but having my sanity. <laughs> yeah. I have my free time. Well, I don't have to be abused at my job. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like yeah. that, that does count for something. And I don't think employers are understanding that because they've gotten away with yeah. the alternative for so long. Um, but, you know, last time we had a, labor shortage i was working in restaurants and it was interesting because it was like yeah if you didn't treat them right they they just go to a different like you could just hop to another there's like regina is the restaurant capital of the world right we have more restaurants per capita than (laughs) anywhere i'm sure right um right like i haven't done the math on that but it is probably a lot um Sure seems like that, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I know I've read it before, whether it was like of Canada or okay, of, yeah. But I think like per capita, and again, lots of closed down because of COVID and all that. Yeah, but yeah. back in the heyday, Rajan had a lot of restaurants per capita, so there's nothing else to do here but go out to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. Right. Uh, or kind of like the one bowling alley. Um, so yeah, if you're in the restaurant business. If your manager is kind of a dick to you, you're like, all right, I will easily go somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you either treat people well and pay them well, or you don't have labor. I don't know what to tell you. It's not yeah. that difficult, exactly. but people seem to have a really hard time understanding um, that. Well, uh, you can find us at anchor.fm slash for many peoples. Our Twitter is at skpod. Pod. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash from many people's strength pod. You can find all the show notes at skepticalleftist.com and you can email us at from many peoples at gmail.com or send a little bit of money so we can go for coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash from many peoples. Well, thank you very much for joining me tonight. Absolutely. I'll see you in another two weeks then. You bet. Hope that works. All right. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs>